Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I love you all. Distinguished adventurers! Last time on Dungeon Drunks, our heroes have just come back from the Fist and Shear, a bar and legal fighting ring in Neverwinter. There, they've met up with Cleo Boulderdown, an old friend of Bernie's, and the head of the temple to Bay in the city. The group is hoping that they can discuss about an upcoming battle against a Yugoloth, and so have returned to the Temple of Integrity to talk about details. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM, Lauren. You might know me as Oboe. And I have a special drink because recently my lovely husband and I were gifted a bottle of Smirkin' Mead. So I have the Earl Grey Boucher, which is fabulous and is probably one of my favorite meads on the planet. And Oh, is that uh, Goober stuff? The Smirkin' Beard? Yeah. Smirkin' Beard. Ah, awesome. Smirkin' Beard. It is the Smirkin Beard. There's there's the beard. Uh, this is Smirkin, Smirkin Beard Homebrew Mead. This one was specifically bottled December 2019. And it is lovely. It is friend of the show, Goober, who makes this. So sadly, this is not the kind of thing where you can go out to the store and buy. My apologies. But I still love it. I'm going to drink it. And it's amazing. Jonathan, what are you drinking? Hey, this is Jonathan, and I play Jonathan the Magimuscular, and tonight I have some of my Oak Tree uh, red wine again. I got this a little bit ago, and I've been cooking with it, and also drinking it, and it is, uh, it's an acceptable $3 bottle of wine, so, you know, what can you do? You're getting very close to two-buck check, and I'm excited. It's great. <laughs> uh, actually, so last night I went uh, raiding in the Garden of Salvation, finally got my first completion, and got the exotic from it, and it was, uh accompanied with the white wine that I'm going to be using tomorrow for some rice and beans. So uh, so that'll be uh, that'll be a good time. Uh, this weekend's gaming is apparently brought to you by wine. Uh, but tonight's shot of fireballs, who be consumed by the first casting of fireball or the equivalent spell thereof, is dedicated to we're gonna we're gonna acknowledge some some current events right now. Things suck uh, because of COVID-19. The people in charge suck because they refuse to call it COVID-19 and refuse to do things that that need that we need to do to help people. But speaking of helping people, there are an in, there's an entire workforce out there right now doing just that, helping people, putting themselves on the front line of this and doing doing some really good work and that's all the healthcare workers out there, doctors, nurses, technicians, everyone who is taking care of your fellow man. Uh, this fireball shot is for you. It's a little bit more somber than we normally do, but these <laughs> these are some fucking weird times. But yeah, so uh, shot of fireball and all the best to all of you uh, out there doing your best. Thank you. Thank you. And Thank hopefully you. we can provide just a tiny bit of entertainment, fun, fun bit of entertainment for you as you literally save people's lives. So thank you. And I have no transition from that because serious things are serious. But thank you, Bernie. What are you drinking? All right. So as I put down my knitting and pick up my beer, that's the most me thing I've ever said. Um, I have a new beer to try this week. 
from a local brewer here in Ottawa called Dominion City. It's Boxing Hair Mild. I picked it because a couple of reasons. Uh, number, and this is kind of going back, this is a somber time. And as there are people that are working to literally flatten the curve on who's going to get sick, um, there are other people that no matter how hard we work and how flat we make this curve, their businesses are going to go under and it sucks because especially if you are in the entertainment industry, if you are in the food industry, you're in jeopardy. And they're probably, you have probably watched your neighborhood put up signs that all of their food is going to take out. Uh, so I would encourage you, if you have a local brewery that is doing beer deliveries or safe beer pickups, do that. Uh, a couple days ago, Stephen and I ordered beer online and we drove to dominion city this afternoon we popped our trunk and they put the beer in the trunk uh we didn't come within six feet of anyone uh this also included two hot chicken sandwiches because dominion city in an effort to make sure that not everybody lost their livelihood partnered with holly's hot chicken and we got nashville hot chicken sandwiches for lunch as well i will say that steven and i are both very healthy people. We are not immunocompromised. We do not live with anybody or near anybody who is in a vulnerable population. So we have it within the realm of what we can do to get takeout, to order these things, and to be, instead of completely self-isolated within a safe social distance in a way that is going to minimize spread. We're not in danger and we're not endangering anybody else when we do this. So if this is something you want to do, I t- please take that into account. But just about every brewery here, you don't go to the brewery, don't hang out with your friends there, find out what they're doing for safe pickup, and order some beer. Uh, don't drink and drive. Put that beer in your trunk. So this is... I also thought this was really cool because it's called a mild, and the description of it is mild, not meek. And they say, for centuries, mild was the beer of the Welsh working class. Boxing hair mild is our tribute to this traditional and lusciously malty style. So I'm very Hmm. excited to try it. I will say it is, as you try out that beer, it is like a silver lining on this dark cloud to see all of these restaurants, especially here in the Seattle area where it's been this way for a while, uh, being able to move to a delivery or a takeout method so that these people can still stay employed, these restaurants can still stay open, and we still have access to to delicious restaurants. So that's been like any any store or place that can do that. Thank you. And how's your beer? It is, oh God, it's so good. It like tastes, it's really malty, which is, Mm. we made bagels this week, so it's like all the malt everywhere. But I don't know, it's just really, it's got kind of like, I mean, obviously there's like fermentation, but it's got a wonderful malty yeasty taste. It kind of has this, like, if you ever walk into a brewery that smells a little bit like bread, mm. it's got, yeah. it feels like being inside of some of my favorite breweries. And that's a weird thing to describe. But also on a last note, uh, if you can, if you got a local Chinese place that you love and they're doing takeout, please order from them. Uh, racism yeah. sucks. And so, uh, one of the best ways you can combat it, one of the best ways you can show that you aren't afraid of stupid racism is to support the people who are going to be hurt the most by it. Delicious, delicious Chinese food. You know who uh, also enjoys the smell of fresh bread? There, there's my transition. I'm sticking to it. Carlton, what are you drinking? I've been wanting to drink one of these on air for a while. 
but we normally record at night, and I'm not going to drink an energy drink at night. But we're recording on <laughs> a Saturday afternoon. What? <laughs> you know, because eventually I do want to go to bed, but I have plenty of hours. This is actually a local company called Clean Cause. Uh, it's a sparkling yerba mate energy drink, uh, and it's got natural caffeine, natural sugars, organic. But the cool thing about this company is that 50% of all the profits go to addiction recovery. Ooh. Oh, that's so, really cool. Yeah. I think I've talked about wanting to drink these guys before on air, and I just never had to because we always record at night. But mm-hmm. now I'm glad that I actually get to. Yay! Yay! I like it. Gotta record in the daytime more often. Yeah, I will have to look for those uh, the next time I, I do my quick trip to the grocery yeah, store to see. Because... Like, it gives me a, it's an energy drink that I don't get a crash from. Like, when I drink the other ones that are just, like, That's all good. sugar and chemicals, it's like, after, like, a couple hours, you're like, I feel like garbage. This one, it's like, mm. no, nah, I feel fine. Not just that, but like then you get the awful caffeine headaches the next day, and the like the it's it's bad, it's bad. So awesome! Finally, Travancore. What are you drinking? Good people of Favorin. Travancore choice this evening is Flying Dog Brewery's Bloodline Blood Orange Ale, and let's look at that artwork Ooh. on the bottle for a little bit. It's almost Ooh. like I kind of want to peel off this with his label and just post it. Like I'm not the kind of person who puts up a beer that he drank on uh, on his dresser anymore because that was 15 years ago me, but um, it let me uh, this live tasting by the way. Let's see how this thing tastes. It's at least a gorgeous bottle. Mm. I know. Very sour. I like it though. I'm a blood orange guy. I love blood oranges. It's uh, you can taste the oh, rind sorry. actually. <laughs> and uh, speaking as a person of faith who sees people of faith taking all kinds of meanings and trying to read into what all this means, um. I'm going to come in a different direction. Use this time to to focus on the people that matter. Be excellent to each other. Be excellent to your family. You're going to spend a lot of time with them in the next couple of weeks if you're in the, the boat that I'm in. So be patient with them. Um, love one another. Use this time to work on your relationship with God or whatever it is you believe in. I think that's an excellent idea. Also, I'm going to take a picture of all of you so that I can update... So I can update uh, the the awesome game that we are playing. And I'm going to do this over here so that I don't get in the way. So everybody get ready to smile. I'm way too close to my microphone. Ready? Here we go. Okay. Send me all the Thank pictures you. you take. You take these great pictures. Just send them to me so I can post them. I usually, well, these I usually tweet. So well, you can just can grab them. Well, they on multiple platforms, Lauren. This, oh. No, they can't. You can't put pictures on multiple <gasps> platforms. What are you talking about? That's ridiculous. I realize that my Instagram has been very uh, neglected because normally on the weekends, I'm like posting board game pics and it's like, oh, I haven't been to play any board games because uh, like in uh, the guy that uh, that we were going to play Twilight Imperium at his house, we're also missing out on three week old kitten playtime. Oh, I know. By the time we get to go to see those kittens again, they're going to be cats. So uh, he he has actually been pretty good about updating us with uh, with various kitten pits. Okay, I'm actually going to send one okay. uh, to the Facebook message group. Yeah, uh, but I'm, I'm taking a second and tweeting out this picture so that you can all see it, Jack. Where are you, Jack? There you are. I just I just usually put in J and I wait for one of you to come up. <laughs> because someone's going to come up. Tweet. Okay. By the way, I just want to let you guys know that Canva has really good D20 art. As I slowly search for fun ways we can do things, it's very pretty. Good. I like it. So, 
The last thing that happened was Carlton expelled a giant slug from his innards thanks to <laughs> drinking some sorcerer's blood. It is now a good, let's say, 30 minutes later. You have all returned to the Temple of Integrity, which is the house slash place of worship for Queen Bay here in Neverwinter. Carlton has been prestidigitated clean from... All that stuff and has recovered from the the near slug experience. The rest of you have joined everybody. Shadow and Coco Snoot are still safe and warm and happy in never in the Neverwinter Academy bunks, essentially, but Bucks has joined Jonathan. We have skipped ahead just a little bit, but I will ask, what'd you do with the slug? It, I probably left it at the place I vomited it up at. Okay. Good to know. You vomited up and left the room. Like, I wouldn't assume that. It's like, oh, here's your slug. (laughs) All right. Perfect. You've left the slug behind. You've returned to the Temple of Integrity. Uh, You are with Cleo, Patricia, Boulder Down. They have, not that the front door was locked, but they've basically ushered you back on inside. You've had a chance to get a little tea and relax. Uh, Ellie Belly is still there and awake and is happy to see all of you and your I'm going to say at this point, you're hanging out in the kitchen as Cleo is making some more tea before you head to bed because it is starting to get late. And uh, they ask, so that was an exciting night. What 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 are you all doing here? You said that there was something that you needed to get done? Yeah, so within the next couple of days, we're going to be going out to the uh, to the Neverwinter Academy of the Arcane Arts, and we're gonna be using one of their practice fields, uh, where you know, where they teach kids how to how to safely cast evocation spells. Yeah, we're gonna be using that to fight something. And I will say at this point, Bernie, you do know that in general, the temple to integrity, like most temples to Queen Bay, are not shielded or warded against anything. Uh, I'll be nice and give that to you yeah, as a freebie. We're gonna we're gonna get some some practice in of our own and she's gonna look at Travancore. She says, Travancore, do you have a light? If you know what I mean. Oh, I'm sorry. We don't allow smoking in here just for people who have, like, asthma and things. You need to go oh. outside. Oh, n- not that kind of, not that kind of light. Travancore takes out his uh, lantern of, uh, of revealing. I'm going to do a quick check to see if Cleo recognizes that that's anything but a lantern. Do-do-do. Nope. She's like, there's plenty of light in here. Is there something wrong? You want to check real quick? See if there's anything wrong? Trevancore does a hokey pokey and turns himself about to see if there's anyone else or anything kind of scrying on them or or what have you. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. I will say in this moment in the kitchen and you kind of shine out the back window and do a little bit of a sweep. uh, You do not see nothing gets revealed by the lantern. If you would like to take more time, I want an investigation check, but I'll give you advantage because of the lantern. Oh, I'm happy to investigate. That's kind of what I do. That is what you do. So, yeah, if you're using the lantern and like you want to go into the main area, you want to go outside, you want to like sweep around. uh, Yeah. What'd you get? 19. Okay. Travancore takes about five minutes. It's not like this is a huge temple house. And you do a thorough kind of all around the area and and you don't see anything that isn't supposed to be there. All clear. So what's what's going on? We are... 
we're sort of in a situation. Um, oh gosh, how far back to go? Well, I think we can just focus on the the here and now. Yeah, simple is probably better. It's it's already almost midnight, and we're tired, and I want to help, but if if that's happening, and she kind of looks over at where Travancore has finally come back in, and she's kind of realized at this point that's more than just a lantern, she'll look at Travancore, and she'll look back at Jonathan and say, if that's happening, then there's a lot going on, and so why don't you just give me the cliff notes? We're going to be fighting a demon, fiend, devil, not, don't remember. It's been a little, it, we've had a day. Yugoslavia. Uh, Yugoloth. Yugoloth. Yes. You're not fighting an entire country. It doesn't exist anymore, so BBC fight? No. <laughs> we're gonna be uh we're gonna be taking it on in a safe location at the practice fields, uh away from everybody else, where all of us can unleash, as it were, and we're gonna kill it. And we're trying to find people who might be able to help us with that. And Bernie mentioned that you were in her batch. And that you were someone who could maybe give us a hand. At the mention of being in her batch, Cleo will sidle on over to Bernie and give her a very gentle nudge. Like kind of an ah, ah, elbow nudge, but very gentle. And they will say, I'm quite flattered. I do like a good punching time, but I'm not sure if I'm up to that kind of battle. But there might be other ways that I can help. How quick is this going to be happening? Probably, and Jonathan the Magimusco is going to kind of like, as he holds that vowel, probably day after tomorrow, he's going to look at everyone else. I think yeah, that's... we're going to be using tomorrow to uh, try to round up some help. This is, uh, this might be a little beyond us as a group. Okay. So that gives me a little bit of time. I, As I said, I I don't know if, trust me, I would love nothing more than to go toe-to-toe with a, a demon, a devil, a, a evil fiend of fiendish fiendery. It'd be really fun. It sounds like a lot of fun, but I'm more of the brawler in the basement type. Yeah. I mean, Bernie, you know I'm awesome, but I'm not. I don't know if I'm up to that awesome. And, and really, if, if Bay tells us anything, it's to be honest about our own abilities but cleo isn't like where the fiends come from like the deepest basement it's all below like you you could handle these yugoloths you know i appreciate that that is awesome especially since you've just met me but ah i've been taught to fear gnomes yes (laughs) yes as well you should (laughs) bernie says okay so think about it this way you could punch a yugoloth listen you don't have to sell me on this. I want to, but I don't think these, and she holds up her fists, are awesome, but they're not magic. And something tells me you're going to need some magic stuff in order to be able to defeat this thing. That being said, just because I can't participate directly doesn't mean I can't live vicariously through the awesomeness that is about to be all of you. I think I might know a few people who can help. Can you give me can you give me a couple hours tomorrow and I'll see what I can I can scrounge up for you? Can you come back? You're thinking about heading out to this place tomorrow or that you said the day after? Today's the twenty third, so what, like the twenty fifth? Uh yeah, twenty fifth. Yeah. Okay. Before you leave, you come see me again. Give me at least the day tomorrow and come back by like dinner time. 
let me let me see what let me ask a few people let me ask around a little bit let me get some more details let me see if i can give you give you something to help you out because while i would love to participate in this fight i think this might be a little above my level as a puncher cleo discretion is the better part of this we've been scried on this is a oh the lantern ah okay so don't even Hmm. mention the yugoloth but we need help and we need help in a brawl uh, in a in a Potentially a very deadly bl- brawl. She looks speed. We need. She speed. looks contemplative for a moment, and is going to roll something, and then she's going to look at you, Bernie, and say, "Having trouble with scrying." And I'll let I'll let you know what I was rolling was a high low. It wasn't a a, a straight like modifier roll. So it was low, I was rolling to see what options she had. High low. Here's what I can do. If you want help with this fight, I know a couple of people I can talk to, get you maybe some information, maybe some uh, legs up. Uh, I don't know if I can get you anything like magic item wise, but I know some people who are really good in a fight who would, if not be able to help themselves, be able to offer you some some guidance. Or if you think you're having a problem with scrying, I think I can help with that either but i don't know if i have enough time to do both because the, the scrying stuff is going to take a little while but i think i can help you avoid that i get the sense this lantern thing you gotta like actively be shining at places yep yeah mm. i i think i know a couple people might be able to help avoid having to do that in the future but i can only i think i only got enough time to do one or the other which would you prefer probably the anti-scrying just because the anti-scrying because that's gonna be better long term yeah and we also have other acquaintances that like to check up on us that we would like to shake as well. Yeah, we've got some... We're popular. Yes, we are. That sounds that way. But not in the way that you like being popular. No. (sighs) Bernie, you were always interested in going out and changing the world. People who want to change the world become very popular very fast. (sighs) Yeah, but... (sighs) What we find is that the more we want to change things, the more that people want to change us into debt or use you yes change change our priorities and such like that so uh, it's it's a give and take jonathan the med muscular you know gives and takes and as he does that he pantomimes but also flexes (laughs) cleo will look back at bernie and say i'm guessing if you got something from the nine hells that's this interested in killing you there's a really good reason. I'm not going to ask what that reason is, especially if you want me to be <laughs> not telling anybody about this thing. But, Bernie, I trust you. It's a good reason, right? The best reason. Good. All right. Come see me tomorrow. Uh, dinnerish time. I will... Oh, I want to be there for the fights tomorrow. Yeah, before before the sun goes down, I'll make sure that I got something for you with the anti-scrying, and we'll we'll see what we can do to to keep you protected. That lantern is super cool, but something tells me you don't have that lantern out twenty four seven. It's kind of hard to, especially in the daytime. People start to think something's wrong. Yeah, I mean it is winter and never winter, so it is kind of dark and depressing. So it wouldn't be too bad, but it takes up a hand. All right. I I can I can do that. I can see what I can do. What's what's your plan for tomorrow? Uh, we have to go have this 
what is hopefully only the second most awkward conversation I've ever had in my entire life. And... Oh, Lord Almighty, Jonathan's going to drink a potion that's going to give him a lot of courage. And... That potion is alcohol. No, we're not doing alcohol. <laughs> alcohol didn't work last time. Uh, but we are going to go talk to a former professor who he's in love with, so... She thinks I'm a work of art. As if on cue, Ellie Belly, the goblin who is staying at the Temple of Integrity, walks on in and says, Was it was it time for a little bit of a nightcap? I, I yes, thought please. I, I thought I heard and Cleo says, I thought we weren't gonna have any more sherry before bed, Ellie Belly. And the goblin rolls her eyes and says, Alright, fine, I can I was just wondering if any of you and maybe I could, you know, enjoy your enjoyment vicariously. And she pulls out a flask (laughs) and Cleo rolls her eyes. And if anybody would like some sherry, Ellie Belly will pour you a little bit of sherry. Oh, yes, please. Yeah, try the coral top break. We're fine, actually. And, And Bernie reaches up her hand and slowly pulls jonathan's hand down jonathan slowly brings it up i need this man i need this for tonight tomorrow hell we may be dead in two days oh then you definitely need some sherry and she will pour a little bit of sherry it's it's a she pours you the equivalent of a shot even though it is not the the kind of thing that you shoot but it's a it's a sipping sherry and she pours it's a weird thing to come out of a flask and she does not pour for herself but she does pour for jonathan and travancore all right here, here we go. Here's some uh, virtual sherry. Cheers. Cheers. Ah. As you drink all of this, Cleo says, so you wanted to hang out here for the evening. I'm going to say, listen, my home is your home. Queen Bay is open to everybody. Bernie knows that. This is not always the safest place to be, however, especially if you've got friends in low places. And she's kind of intentionally talking around because Ellie Belly is still there. Hmm. And she says, so while you are welcome to stay and we have clean sheets and I got breakfast in the morning for you, I don't know if you've got somewhere else to be. We can actually, if you've got got a place, we just need a a safe space for that place. Right. We've got a couple of options as far as that goes. You need a safe place for your safe place? We, um... We're also not the safest of people, honestly, so. Not if you're dealing with that. Uh, do you have a pantry? Uh, she indicates the kitchen around you. If you can keep people generally out of the back part of the pantry for a little while, I think we'll be good. Ah, so the pantry's kind of open to the public, but follow me. Ellie Belly, uh, why don't you finish up the tea? Are you okay with that? Oh, yeah, okay, I'll I'll have some tea, and it's about time for bed for me anyway. And Ellie Belly will stay behind, and... Thanks for the sherry! Up. Oh, always a pleasure! Thank you! Lovely meeting you. You too! See you tomorrow night for more sherry, I guess? That'll be great! And she's gonna clean up in the kitchen, while Cleo is gonna lead you out into the main room, back into the room that has all of the beds, the the, the bunks for people who are staying. She's going to enter the back and she's going to go to the stairwell that you noticed earlier because the, the door leads outside. Head up the stairs, go through a door which seems to be unlocked and it brings you to the second story of this house. And up here, 
is a loft bedroom, essentially. There is a room the size of the room downstairs that is obviously like a bedroom office. And then there's like a little tiny place in the corner where Bernie, you would recognize it is a basically a portable altar to Queen Bay. And there's a closet. And this is this is obviously where Cleo lives, is up in this bedroom. She opens up the closet door and you can see that it's it's a fairly large closet, very neatly organized with a, a, a big, it's almost a walk-in closet, not quite, but it's clean enough that you can actually step into it. And it's got uh, regular clothing on one side and what looks like some, to Bernie, obviously vestments on the other. And she says, if you needed to just store something. I got plenty of storage space up here. And I doubt anyone's going to come up here. The, the The bottom floor is open to the public and we intentionally leave it open. I don't normally lock my door, but if there's something you need stashed, I'm more than happy to keep it locked and no one should be coming up here anyway. Yeah, I think we're... This'll work great. Who's got the nut? Jonathan the Magimuscular kind of like reaches into his pocket and fiddles with the nut. Um, <laughs> did you, Bernie, did you say that or was that Jules saying that? Bernie said that. God damn it, Jonathan. Bernie, oh, Bernie. Boy. I know, what? I'm trying to move on. I'm trying to move on super fast. With him I don't know what you're talking nuts. about. He's just fondling his nuts in there. Okay, so Cleo will then look at you, Bernie, and say, I- I'm sorry, what? Uh, we have, we have a, a pocket dimension that we live in. Bernie, roll a persuasion check. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, I have so many tabs open from a million things. I have to find the tab. There it is. What is my persuasion? 18. She has this obvious moment of you have a what? And then basically just accepts. Okay, yeah, sure. You're you're being followed by a demon and you're fighting one and you're doing all sorts of awesome things. Why wouldn't you have an extra dimensional space? Okay, so you just need a place to put your space. So yeah. the space for the space. I oh, I get this. Oh, all right. That's very clever. All right, Means cool. We need to put the door down. But I've had a thought. Do we want to disappear? Would it make more sense if we just all slept downstairs? There is an aging, an aging drunken goblin that seems to spend every night here just fine. Ellie Belly, yes, but. She's sweet. She's wonderful. She doesn't have a Yugoloth trying to kill her. I'm just saying, if you had a, you know, if you're looking for a safe place to put your safe space, you can be in a safe place with your safe space. This should be fine, because even if we pop off the radar for a little bit, we're still, like, we'll be back on the radar tomorrow. That's true. I guess anybody who's scrying us probably knows about the pocket house. Maybe. It's another reason why uh, we should probably kill anyone who scribes on us. Yeah. In time, Jonathan, in time. Um, <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> Remind me never to scry on you. I oh can't scry Oh boy, anyway. here we go killing again. <laughs> yeah. And Bernie once again thinks everything in my life is death. And she goes, yeah, let's, um, let's pop in the pocket house for tonight. Okay. All right. Fine. Yeah. So you're going to put down the pocket house? Yeah. Yes. Are you going to tell Cleo anything? Except, or are you just going to do it? Oh, yeah. So- oh, uh, this is going to be, this is going to get weird. And Jonathan the Magimuscular <laughs> does the somatic components on the nut to uh, <laughs> drop it. And I appreciate that. Are you telling Cleo anything is 
this is going to get weird. No details, no information, no, hey, maybe don't step on this. Just weirdness is about to happen. I love it. Okay. So you activate the pocket house. Jonathan, it's been a while. How do you activate this pocket house? Uh, well, I feel like um, the magics for the nut are a little malleable. So he just kind of like roils it around in his hands and then flips it up like a coin. And as it spins, it sings with a specific note key to the dimension that we're going to. And as soon as it hits the ground, it doesn't bounce or anything. It just thud. And then... It, then the magic like emanates from it in a in a circle and cleo steps back in a little bit of surprise and shock and goes okay yeah you were right that got weird it's very pretty though it is pretty this nice deity named rachel gave it to us mm, you should thank her at some point all right so do i gotta do anything if i close the door is that gonna be a problem and you do see that the teleportation circle that it is created it seems to disappear into the walls like it's bigger than this closet. But it, uh, Jonathan, I'm assuming you're smart enough to put it far enough into the closet that it's not going to extend outside of the door of it. Right. Yeah. Okay. If I can. You can. It's just going to kind of, between the hanging vestments and clothes and the walls of the closet, you lose some of it in the clothes. You step on it? If you step on it, you will be in the pocket house. So that's you're gonna come one to our house. thing to know. Okay, good to know. Should I or should I not? I mean, and Bernie's going to look around because she's like, uh, you want a tour? Does she want a tour? Oh, heck yeah. Sure. All right. All right, then. Um, You should probably lock your door. Oh, sure. Uh, Let me go make sure Allie Belly's going to be okay. And uh, I'll, I'll give her a line about how you've walked out i took you out the back way or something i'll be right back and she heads back downstairs you can hear the muffled conversation going on down in the kitchen are you any of you going to enter while she's doing that or are you all waiting for her i'll enter we're wait we're polite i feel like carlton, carlton maybe is, is doing the thing where you go and you don't expect guests and so he's like shit 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 gotta clean gotta clean <laughs> all right pretty much just like i gotta go straight up my room <laughs> carlton enters the pocket house anyone else go with him or is everybody else waiting oh wait. bernie's waiting Okay. Uh, I'll go in with Carlton. I'll, okay. I'll be like, pop in. Gather round, travelers, to hear our tale. What can I say about the Venture Maidens? As much as I want to just go on and on gushing about my favorite podcast, I'll try and keep it short. The players are absolutely fantastic. I think my favorite thing about the Maidens is the way they collaborate with their fan base. They've created a community for us that they're also a part of. If you enjoy having your heartstrings pulled out of your chest whilst floundering for air and weaving silently to yourself because Celeste's descriptions of literally anything will make you wish you, too, were about to embark on an epic adventure with three killer ladies. Really killer. It killed a lot. This story is epic. I have cried tears, and I am not kidding. I have so many favorite moments. Kara's hangover routine, Sonny's workouts, Arnadel's awkward flirting. I just love you guys so much. There's a lot of Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcasts out there, so why should you care about the Venture Maidens? Well, if you like games that don't shy away from heartbreak and romance, this is the podcast for you. If you're looking for a podcast where character development is just as important as slaying monsters, this is the podcast for you. And lastly, there's an episode where everyone does their best Godzilla impressions. You gotta hear it. 
Join the Venture Maidens on Twitch, YouTube, or wherever podcasts are free. And don't forget to venture away. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's a Dungeons & Dragons strategy video game that brings together D&D characters from novels, adventures, and multiple live streams into a single grand adventure. It is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from Companions of the Hall, High Rollers, C-Team, Beyond Heroes, and more. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for the show, and thanks to the fine folks who make Idle Champions, we're fortunate enough to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. This week's code expires on April 12th at 8pm Pacific, so open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. O-W-L-S-B-R-A-E-C-O-O-L So use that code and then let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops, back to the show. Jerk, Carlton and Jonathan pop on in. You've got maybe a minute or two. Uh, You arrive on the platform. Plants all look okay. Uh, Many have started to produce some more fruits and vegetables. It's been a couple days since you've been here. It's been several days since you've been here, actually. And uh, you enter in the front door, and not all of the Modrons are visible at the moment. Only Piddleschmick is nearby. But they quickly turn and give you a... Can we make it... Can I, can I, Julia, here? Can we make it canon that at some point we bought them straw hats to protect them from sunburn as they work in the garden? I'm going to say yes, <laughs> although you would all know that there is no real sun here and they're Modrons, so they don't need them. But oh, I, we know. I'm, We're we aware. Know. Bernie I'm and Carlton had this the... explained to them many times by Travancore and Jonathan, and they bought the hats anyway. Okay. Then yes, absolutely. In fact, I'm going to say Jonathan and Carlton have the hats right now. Cool. Uh, I go ahead and pop a, a hat on Piddleschmick. Listen, if you guys don't want to get poked in the eyes, Bernie needs you guys to wear these. Yeah. Jonathan the Muscular passes out hats to uh, to the other two. Well, they were not in eyesight, or did they come? It, it would take a second. You'd call okay. out, and Alistair and Felix would all show up. Uh starting to get into formation because they're used to being called and then inspected, but they kind of amble out. Not not this formal. All right. We got about 45 seconds. Clean the house as best as you can. (laughs) They all snap to it and they're going to rush off. And you do notice like the house looks spotless as always. Everything is clean. Everything is perfectly arranged. Uh, This is what I need though, because Bernie has insisted that the two of you have straw hats to give to these Modrons. Piddleschmick and Alistair Duke have heads of a sort. Piddleschmick is a triangular shape with the point on the bottom. And so there's the flat bit on the top that you can put a hat on. A hat on. Alistair Duke is the small round one with the wings, but the, the round bit has a hat. Felix is the starfish one whose face and head is technically the top part of the starfish. So I would like to know, what do these hats look like? Six tiny hats. Do the, I guess, do they have a little strap for the for your chin? Would they, you tell me. Would we have thought, okay, I guess, would we have thought of that, specifically if we were getting hats for the Modrons, if, would we have considered, like, not, like, less than humanoid, uh, you know, anatomy? This is 100% up to you. You, kn- you know what these Modrons look like. They all look the same. 
All the hats look the same. Standard straw farmer hat. Except the one for uh, Piddlesmick. Piddlesmick is the the triangular one. Alistair Duke is the round one. Felix is the starfist. Alistair Duke just fits normally. Uh, Piddlesmick, we got extra long like strap like the like drawstring on the chin part we got like an extra long one so it kind of just goes down and around okay the one for felix looks normal and just like the one for alice Duke. and as soon as i go up to i punch a hole in the top of it and then slide it over the the starfish oh nice nice (laughs) i i love it but i need a i want you to make a dexterity check to see if you can punch a hole without destroying the hat. I'm I'm a little sad that I didn't go in because I had an idea to make a straw hat, the straw version of Christopher Walken's hat from Sarah Plain and Tall. All right, uh, you said Ooh. a dexterity check? Yep, just a straight dexterity check, because obviously you can punch through a straw hat. Uh, that's a 10? You punch in the right spot, and you don't destroy the hat, but it's not a clean punch, so there's a lot of extra... Bits of straw like sticking out. It, it looks, looks like, like it exploded. A little bit. It's it's like a. It looks like it had an accident that will work out okay, but it's not the cleanest. You think it's going to need a little bit of repair eventually. <laughs> Amateur haberdashery. But yes, you do make a hole so that all three of them can be wearing straw hats, and then they rush off to do whatever they think they need to do in the last couple seconds. Jonathan. Amadashery. <laughs> Travancore and Bernie, while, while this amadashery is going on, uh, Cleo has rushed downstairs, has had a brief conversation with Ellie Belly, and has come back upstairs. You do hear them close the door and lock it shut, and then they walk on over to you and say, all right, let's do this. And then she steps past you onto the teleportation circle and poof, is gone. You know that tracks. All right, come on, Travancore. <laughs> Yep. All right. The three of you quickly appear and she is wide eyed and excited. And the first thing she says as the two of you appears uh, to as the two of you appear is, oh, plants. Yeah, we have um, a garden and these. So the house sort of came with these modrons. With what? Um... Little mechanical people. Not so little, though. Maybe mod- medium sized. That's creepy. No, they're kind of great. They take care of the garden and they clean the house and Rachel likes them and she asked us to take care of them. So we take care of them. And uh, Travancore like does the inspection thing and so far so good. Okay. Uh, it still sounds creepy, but mechanical people just sound creepy, but I, I trust you. Sure. I people's a weird descriptor. Automaton, I think might be more accurate. Yeah. Automaton. Definitely. Yeah. Cleo has walked forward, has picked one of the beans, is chewing on one of the beans as she enters the house. Like, you've invited her into the house, and now they are just entering. And so Jonathan and Carlton, the door opens, and your two friends and Cleo enters, finishing up one of your beans, and sees the living room, but none of the Modrons, and says, Oh, this place is kind of nice. Yeah, welcome. Yeah. This is our cadenza. (laughs) I, and Travancore sort of just bristles with pride. If he had suspenders, he'd be holding them in his arms. I don't know what a credenza is, but it's nice. I didn't either. Now you learn something new every day. Ooh, that's a nice table. And she walks in over to the kitchen. I'm assuming you'll give her a little tour? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we're walking, we're walking. Is there any place you do not take her? 
to the basement Maybe, of shame. Yeah. I, do like, we I'm, take her to the basement where we routinely keep people? In- <laughs> That's why I said the basement of shame. Yeah, basement of sh- nothing goes in the basement of shame. I have my lemon tree growing in here, right? I thought it was outside in the in the with all the other fruits and vegetables. Yeah, I have my lemon not? tree in the garden, right? I show. Her. Yeah, in the garden. I'd say it's in the. It makes sense for it to be in the. I'm trying to remember if it even got out of the the Golden Rock Tavern. I can't remember, so I'm going to say you got it into the pocket house. Yeah. Yes, it's it's planted outside. It's doing well. All right, so you're going to avoid the basement. Do you take her upstairs? Do you go into any anyone's bedrooms, or are you just kind of the main level of the house? I mean, maybe I'll just show her mine, and then like be like the other four, like, three are just like this. Okay. I'd show her my room. It's like when you have your best friend over. That's true. That's a good point. I show okay. her all the things. I won't show her your rooms unless you say so, but... I mean, my room is just a collection of trophies. Yeah, Bernie actually specifically doesn't show her your room because, like, if she thinks the Modrons are creepy, the weird dried bits of animals and monsters you've killed, she's definitely going to find a real weird. And so Bernie's going to pass your room. It's not like Carlton's room carved into the door. (laughs) Oh, buddy, it does. And she's going to say, Carlton lives in there. And then she just moves on. (laughs) Okay. So it's Bernie and Travancore have led her, have led her upstairs. Uh, are the rest of you following, or are you letting Bernie and Travancore kind of give the tour? I'll let Bernie and Travancore do it. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Jonathan. Jonathan the Magic Muscular is going to stay downstairs and pour himself hey. a drink. What? Uh, while, while you're doing that, let's tell Bond with the Modrons. I have, a, I have something I want to ask him. Okay, let's do this. Jonathan the Magic Muscular starts casting various telepathic Bond. Okay, so I'm going to say you're going to sit at the, the kind of the kitchen table, have a drink. The Modrons are very quickly introduced to Cleo, who, I mean, all they do is at, at the, <laughs> as they are introduced. And, and Cleo kind of takes it in stride of like, oh, yeah, no, autonomous, 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 oh, you're very nice. Apparently they speak this thing called binary, but I don't know what binary is. It's like zeros and ones, but that doesn't make sense. I was never very good at math. I wouldn't know. I'd never spoken to them before. And then Travis Corridor is kind of, well, we can communicate with us, but like, so Jonathan has this ability to cast uh, some sort of telepathic spell or something. I think it's called Telbond or something. And uh, he did it and I wasn't around. And by the time I got there, it was too late to add me. So they, they can... If you do that, they're able to communicate in, in what we would know as common. Um, otherwise, what you hear is a bunch of a uh, series of clicks and whirs and very mechanically sounding sounds. And Alistair Duke, at that very moment, as the other two are, are heading downstairs, Alistair Duke goes, meh, 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 and also heads yeah. downstairs, as though to punctuate. Yeah, like like that. Actually, would you like to talk to them, Jonathan? Can we do that? Jonathan's downstairs. The the, oh. the three of you have gone upstairs. Jonathan and Carlton are still downstairs at the kitchen table. I thought we were back down. Sorry. Well, because you have to show off oh. uh, your rooms. Carlton's so the, the Modrons head yeah. downstairs while Jonathan is doing this 10-minute uh, ritual casting. The Modrons have headed downstairs. Travancore shows off his room. You avoid Carlton and Jonathan's room. Bernie, as you head to your door to open it up, you open the door and there's this kathunk as there's something on the ground in front of your door. It's not like a doorstop or anything, but you've very clearly opened your door and there's something there. And as you finish pushing open the door in order to show off your room, you do find that there is a very large, ominous-looking black book sitting on the ground next to your door. Um, and she... Oh, yeah! Yeah. Didn't you also include a note... There's a note in there. 
Okay. Oh. Well, Bernie doesn't know what it is yet, but yes. <laughs> That's okay. Julia forgot, so this is great. Bernie goes, um... Oh, that looks creepy. That looks Yeah, sorry, we should I talk keep... about that another time. I keep Bernie. calling things creepy, and this is your house, and I've... Uh, but th- your room is very nice. No, no, you you hit the the nail on the head there. No, this is 100% creepy. The Modrons take some getting used to, so I can totally understand that, and they don't like it when you poke them in the eye. Travancourt? What's this? I wasn't expecting to, to have guests. Um, we need to talk about that. Um, it involves our, uh, a certain um, kobold friend of ours. And at this, Cleo is going to say, you know what? I know when I should go back downstairs and not snoop in people's rooms. Bernie, this is very nice. I'm going to go have a little nightcap and, and, and take that leave before I learn things I'm probably not supposed to learn about, especially about creepy books that are lying on your floor. Goodbye! And she's going to... <laughs> Bernie's going to say the lemon tree should be producing by now, so um, it's hard to find <gasps> good lemons in season. Take a bunch before you go. Oh, bless you, child. And she is then going to come downstairs. So uh, Travancore and Bernie are left upstairs for the moment. We'll get back to you in just like 10 seconds. Carlton and Jonathan, you are downstairs enjoying a nightcap as Cleo comes back down and says, this has been really kind of lovely and a little creepy, but mostly lovely. Uh, Bernie said I should take some lemons and I will see you tomorrow before dinner. Yeah. See you then. Jonathan from his reverie is kind of saying, Goodbye. (laughs) And she will take her leave. And so back upstairs. Bernie's going to pick the book up. Is there a note on it or in it? It'd probably be in like the, like, you know, where the dedication would typically be like the first few pages. And it should be sticking out like of the, be very, very easy to find. Like almost like a bookmark. Okay. Bernie's going to pull the note out. She's not going to open the book. What is the book? Actually, I would like to figure out. Does the book say anything? Like Bernie's going to like go over it. She's. She knows better than to just open random books that look like they're evil. Go ahead and roll a quick history check with advantage. Okay, advantage is great because I'm not that great at history. And that's a thing that I constantly hate as someone who actually is pretty good at history. Travancore, I've been waiting for this for literally months. (laughs) I've had this note here for literally months. (laughs) Well, technically I put the note in there. (laughs) 17's the high roll, 16's the low roll. Okay, with a 17, you very easily remember, because this is a very distinctive spellbook, this is the spellbook that Evelyn had, that then Veng Ashstalker had. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Travancore, uh, since Bernie has pulled up a note, what does the note say? I think it just says we should talk to MMT. That's what I remember writing down on there. There's not much more than that. Because that should be the prompt. Like, that book would be enough to probably, that Bernie would probably talk to Travancore in private at some point, so. My dearest Clarabelle. <laughs> my, my, my I dearest, have discovered a book of import. My dearest Winslow. <laughs> All I think of when I hear that voice have been is Red vs. Blue Reconstruction. Yeah. Dear director. my life. Our 27 children miss you dearly, the ones that are not dead in the ground from cholera. (laughs) (laughs) The union advances. The union, as I, as I stitch. 
As I live Bandit and breathe, I have this evil book in my hands. My daughter has brought to me a book of great evil. I fear using it, though it may end this war sooner and bring you home to me. So, Travancore, you watch as Bernie, Bernie goes into Jules a strange reverie. Yeah. Uh, Are we really what? surprised? No, Are we shouldn't we? be. Okay. We shouldn't be at all. Oh, God, you don't pose with your dead relatives for pictures, do you? No, oh, we abolished so that practice. No, I used to do this for my coworkers at the historic <laughs> site all the time. We had long soliloquies about... <laughs> <laughs> Letters from the front. <laughs> well, we, yep. we would... I, I, what in the, what the hell is are you gonna do at a tobacco museum on a rainy Tuesday? I'm sorry, there's no visitors. Like, all right, so Bernie goes into this strange reverie where she imagines happier, funnier letters, and then, what do we need to talk about, Travancore? Ah, what to do if anything with this book? Hmm. This isn't a decision I can make on my own that I trust myself to make. So I gave it to the person that I thought would make the best decision. Oof. Well, Bernie's going to like drum her fingers on the book and she's going to say, Maybe I should have had Cleo come back after all. Well, admittedly, I don't think we can tackle... You can't fight a war on multiple fronts. I think this is a battle we're going to have to save. Until after we get through this. I'll take a little bit of a look at it tonight. But... Bernie, roll an arcana check. Also, I'm pretty sure she was thinking when he said the person I trust most, she's like, thank God you didn't give it to Carlton. Yeah, there was like a little <laughs> sigh where she was like, well, you gave it to me. There are many <laughs> kinds of trusts. <laughs> you trust there are ways Carlton that he trusts Carl the most. There are ways he trusts Bernie the most. There are ways he trusts Jonathan the most. There's ways he trusts Shadow the most. And there are some secrets that are best left to Gestalt. I got a natural <laughs> 20. Oh! Cheers, everybody drink. Mm. What does that make your Arcana check total? A 20. Okay. Bernie, this is a spell book. You've seen Jonathan's several times. You don't have to use one yourself. And so you you personally don't know one, but you can immediately tell just you've pulled out the note. And so you haven't opened the book yet, but you can feel from the aura around it. You can tell from the binding. And while you're not sure what spells are in it, this is very, very clearly someone's spell book. Is there a way if you don't write your name in a spell book to see whose it is? You're you. I'm gonna say with a natural twenty, you don't know. Bernie's going to say it is late, and I am tired. I think we should literally put this on the shelf for now, and figure out what to do later. I'm good with that. Didn't mean for your friend to to find it lying on the floor. No, I don't think she thinks it's mine. It's not like she found a bunch of porn in the woods or something that's mine or like i don't know but like <laughs> ah, yes forest porn which is an actual thing forest it is an actual porn. thing and bernie i'm gonna say right now cleo she knew where all of the forest porn yeah was cleo around. is very good they're great at finding forest porn cleo it almost would have been better if it were forest porn i would think cleo had a weird you know what i found worse things with cleo let's put it that way um and <laughs> Uh, and Bernie's gonna say, I'll take a look at this, but 
eyes on the prize right now. Yep. This is a later problem. We've got a now problem. And Bernie's going to say, I think I'm going to go to bed. That's fair. F- Future Traffic Corps is going to hate me for this, but that's okay. Yeah. It's not my problem right yeah, now. Well. That's, that's future Bernie and Travancore. Have a good night. You too. All right, Bernie's heading to bed. Travancore, are you also heading to bed or are you going back downstairs? Bernie was going to not really head to bed. She was going to examine the book a little more and then wait until Jonathan came back up. Just to let you guys know. Travancore is going to head downstairs and he's going to remember that, you know, oh, last no. time... <laughs> The mod- like John- yeah, last time he missed out on beginning the Modros because he was excluded from the spell. So he's like, he's going to come to Jonathan's life. He's like, hey, maybe you can cast that spell again and include me this time. <laughs> As we're done casting it, he's not included. I'm going to say you're like in minute eight of the minute ten- eight? of the 11. Okay. Minute eight of the so 11 yeah, minute Jonathan's casting. in the middle of like, you know, you know, waving his hands and little magical sparks are coming up and stuff. And so <laughs> Travancore, like... If there was a circle that was completing, you know, that indicated the progress of the spell, maybe a bar, a progress <laughs> bar of the spell, it's almost done. Would you say it's about 80%? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, Travancore, probably oblivious to this, is going to just lean in and be like, hey, buddy, what you doing? Okay. Leave me alone. You're in. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the words he can get out in between gestures and arcane words. And Travancore okay. actually raises a fist like that. Yeah! I'm going to say, yes, that you're able to add him on in, and the spell goes off, and the three of you and the three Modrons are added to the call, and you hear Alistair Duke. Well, hello, and thank you for coming back. Ah, it, uh, you guys can take off the hats. I think Bernie went to bed now. But but I like the hat. Oh, then that, you can that, keep it on. They're all, they're all you, man. But if you want to take them off, you when we're not home, you're more than welcome to. You're not required to wear them, except for when Bernie is present. Is there a reason that uh, the madame would like us to wear these hats all the time? She thinks you look cute in them. Well, we do look quite adorable in them. Yes. Also, they're kind of a uniform. Wow. Do we need a uniform? No. I figured that might be up your alley. So that is what you sound like in common. That's, that's, about, that's what I thought, actually. I know you are all amazing at keeping this house in tip-top shape. Well, thank you, sir. How are your, like, sewing skills? Like, stitching and stuff like that? We are adequate. Uh, certainly, Piddleschmick is probably the best as he has the most arms. Yes. Um, in that case, Piddleschmick, I'm going to need you to grab a couple of different sheets of various colors. And while we're sleeping tonight, I need you to make Jonathan and I some matching masks. That are kind of like ornate looking. Oh yeah, I've forgotten about this. We're gonna be fighting tomorrow. And you're going to want masks? Yeah, like kind of fanciful and like flary to kind of like put on a show. Yeah, like, this where... is something. Uh, so they do this in the uh, in the Moonshay Isles, like basically. And a lot of times the guys that do this are smaller than us. They're a lot more like limber and they they do all sorts of bouncy stuff. But it's sort of the part of our tradition on the island where, you know, we have these wrestling matches and the combatants, I think the local word for them is luchador, makes them, you know, it it makes it more fanciful, more colorful. Well, then, um, we can certainly do that. We'll have to do a little bit of scrounging. But I, I, I think that is something we can do for the two of you before tomorrow. If anybody sure. can do it, it's you guys. Thank you, guys. You're welcome. How things? How's how's this? I think you called it Doom. How's that been going? The game. We just got an update recently, and it's been very <laughs> exciting. 
Is, oh, is Doom that Animal wh- Crossing, right? I heard about that. <laughs> is that why you asked me about Doom? I'm assuming Travancore is asking yeah, the two of I'm you. I'm asking Jonathan. And, yeah. Okay. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why we asked, because we didn't know if it was a thing over in uh, in Perconum. No. No, I've never heard of it before. No, you don't have the correct connection to be able to uh, reduce the amount of lag that you would need in order to adequately combat especially Piddleschmick. I wonder if we could... I, we're literally in my college town, and it's a college full of, of wizards. I wonder if we could craft maybe some sort of interface for one of us to play with you guys. I'm sure that is well within... You get a couple of artificers and a few uh, wizards together. I'm sure that is something we could absolutely help you with. You're you're going to want to remove a, a certain part of the, uh, the back part of your brain in order for the insert to be able uh-huh, to uh-huh, uh-huh. be added to. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, of course. And Jonathan the Magimuscular has totally gone past the bit about removing a bit of his skull and is just intrigued with interfacing with the machine. Well, Travancore heard that part very clearly. He's thinking, maybe we test this out in my fake out before we go forward. <laughs> Move on to <laughs> Elvenoid testing. Uh, let's see. So you would say, like, this part, and Jonathan the Magimuscular kind of leans down. It's like, right here? Right right here? Yes, you'll want at least a good uh, two, two and a half inches into that. I, I, I okay. hope that's not something, a part of your brain that you're going to need in the future. Oh, God. Oh, good thing. that I mean, we're making use of it now. Excellent. You know, magic may be the answer here. Isn't there like a self of ourselves that's beyond our our, our meat shape or what have you? I mean, possibly. Like almost like a negative. Like, like, I am a meat popsicle. Right. So, but are it, you cold? So we can definitely turn up the heat if we need. No, no, no. no, no I'm very but, comfortable. But Travancore oh, okay, might be onto something. There is a spell that I've been working on. It's called astral projection, and it basically allows you to project yourself into the astral plane. I wonder if I could use some of this research and. Because, you know, if we want to make this accessible, not, well, not everyone will want to take out part of their, a useless part of their brain. I could kind of understand that. You know, there's infection and stuff and, and maybe, maybe we don't want to do that. But if we use that same sort of technique, maybe I would be able to project myself into your game. You absolutely could. I just think you would never be able to leave again. But I am not an expert on this, and certainly my programming is more towards other esoteric things than an actual game mechanic. Well, I've discovered a retirement plan. Awesome. For time's sake, we're going to switch as you continue to have this discussion downstairs with the yeah, Modron. And, and, and so forth. <laughs> yes, and so yeah. forth. Back up to Bernie, as you are now left alone with a book. Uh, yeah, Bernie's going to inspect said book and start looking for a, sorry, Bernie's going to start looking for indication of the owner. Okay, roll me, oh, let's see, roll me an investigation check, because you're not necessarily looking about contents as far as what the book contains and more like how to figure out who the owner is. That's a 14. Okay. You clearly see there must have been two different owners to this book because most of the spells, and you can tell that there are quite a number of spells in this book. You you can't necessarily tell exactly what some of these spells are without doing a little bit of study and and research because it's these are arcane symbols and this isn't your bag. You just get literal divine divinely inspired with your spells but you can clearly see 
that most of these spells were written in one handwriting and the other five or six of them are in a completely different handwriting. Both fairly neat, but obviously two different beings. Bernie realizes she's going to have to consult Jonathan just because she doesn't know how spell books work because, like, the power to cast resides in different spaces and the knowledge resides in different spaces. I guess she's curious because her and Jonathan have the ability to cast the same spells. There's some overlap. Yes. Like, and she, I think what she would do on instinct is try to look for... Like, there's, I, you know, it's like there's the suite of spells available, and there's the ones that she memorizes, and there's also spells that I think she knows exists. Like, you know, she's a life cleric. She's not going to take a lot of death spells. Or there's things that are a part of being a life cleric that she shuts herself off from based on the morality that she has the moral compass that she follows, but she knows they exist. Like, okay. So I think what she's looking for is any overlap to her realm. Okay. I want you, so you're going to thumb through the book and see if there's, if you can figure out the arcane symbols enough for any spells that you might be familiar with. Okay. I want you to give me, we're going to do one of these weird checks. I want you to give me an arcana check but I'll let you use your proficiency bonus with it because you're trying to use, you're trying to recognize a spell that you know in a way that you don't know it. Oh, that's a natural one. Oh, Plus Bernie. five, but it doesn't matter. It's a natural one. It's a six. Yeah, Bernie, why, why do you fail so miserably at recognizing any of the spells in here? Bernie does not know a lot about spell books. This is really, like, it's, we we joke about spellcasters with a capital S, but when it comes down to it, I think she has philosophies and ideas about magic that she maybe never speaks aloud about things that are innate, and magic is not one thing. Magic is diverse and varied and where it comes from and how we know it and how we use it is incredibly dependent she assumes that jonathan has no idea wouldn't have a wouldn't have a clue how to pick up and use her religious symbol i she thinks carlton probably thinks it's just a really pretty necklace no carlton knows that it's it's has holy symbol yeah because he worshiped myliki so he knows about your he knows it but it's not like it's like the idea of like what on earth is this connection between this physics? So it's like, Bernie doesn't understand. She's like, kind of lost. She's worried about what she feels is something that is probably inherently evil. And she's not feeling super confident in her ability to tackle. She's like sitting there like, I don't know what, what, what am I supposed to do with this? Like, And she's like, I guess. Maybe there's some things and the idea that people would write in their spell books in the language that they like in a language they don't speak in symbols that she's like, I don't fucking know any of these like and she's just like sighing and she's just like, well, that's that's a circle with five lines and that's a triangle with a squiggle (laughs) through it. And I don't know. Yeah, you think you think Jonathan could definitely make something out of all of this, but it is. It is a language you do not speak for sure. The same way you would not expect Jonathan to be able to just divinely cast spells, 
um, unless he decided to switch to being a cleric or, you know, do cleric stuff. Yeah. Yeah. She she wonders, though, and I think this is maybe something we could all talk about as to where different magics come from. She always feels like her magic exists innately in her and perhaps is channeled to some degree via her magic symbol. But she's, I think, also wondering, she's a little more, like, wondering how much magic is in the book and how much magic is in the person. And she is, I think, also a little scared that there is evil magic in the book. And so she doesn't really want to touch it. In the same way she wouldn't want to touch the religious symbol of a god that she knew was evil. So what are you going to do? She's going to pop off the bed and she's going to put it on her bookshelf and she's going to sigh and she's going to decide to uh, wait until whatever she hears everybody come upstairs. And once she hears everyone come upstairs, she's going to go knock on Jonathan's door and ask for his help. So let me ask in this last few minutes that we have for this game, is there anything else the rest of you would like to do before heading to bed? No, I think we covered it. Uh, Brain surgery and luchador masks. Mm-hmm. Brain yeah. surgery and luchador masks. I really can't leave you guys alone. Like, that's not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you all head up to bed. Travancore and, and Bernie, I will say it's a little odd to not have your, your animal companions with you, but you know that they're in a safe, happy place. It, you know, that they're being very well cared for. But yeah, everybody heads to bed and it's it's not that long because it was already close to midnight by the time you ca- you came in here. So once they finish their conversation with the Modrons, everybody heads up to bed and you very clearly, Bernie, hear everybody head to their own individual bedrooms. All right. Bernie's going to, uh, Bernie's going to sneakily do this. She has no bonuses to stealth, but that's okay. Give me a stealth check. <sighs> Bernie, you've forgotten to take off your armor. I'm going to give you the the natural one on this one. You, you're you just so comfortable in your armor and you put it over this dress and you feel kind of nice in it and everything. And so you go to go sneak. But what you think you have to do, because you're back in your house. And so you think you're in pajamas for just a moment because you're so comfortable anyway and so used to it. But very clearly, every, like anyone who is still awake, which at this point would be everybody, even though the doors are closed, can hear Bernie jingle, 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 jingle down the hallway. She's just going to she's just going to sigh and she's just going to knock on the door. Jonathan the Magimuscular opens it. Oh, hey, Bernie. Um, oh. Uh, and Jonathan looks around. Are we sneaking out to fight someone? No. Uh, she's gonna hold the book up, and she's gonna say, I have some questions. Well, yeah, come in, come in. Uh, and in Jonathan the Magimuscular's room, you know, he's got his bed. He's also got a desk, and it really hasn't changed, like, in the since the last time it, he was there. He's got a bunch of notes, although... He had been in the middle of sort of reorganizing because, like, he had finally finished in his own spell book some of the stuff he had been working on. So some of the, like, half-finished stuff that was on his desk are, like, you know, he had been kind of gathering and putting off to the side. It's like, offers her the desk chair. It's like, uh, so what is, is that Fang's book? Does does Jonathan recognize it? Oh, yes. It's a spell book. And I'm going to say you'll recognize it as Vang Ashstalker's book. So, well, wow, I thought we had lost that. As it turns out, it's been sitting in my room for a little while. Travancore put it there? Do you know anything about this? No, I didn't, I didn't even realize he had a book. Because, I mean, I thought he was more of the, hey, sign a contract and start blasting things sort of magic user. Um, yeah, 
sort of the vibe I got too. Uh, but here's the deal, and this is really weird. This isn't just Zhang's book. This belonged to someone else before it belonged to him. Oh, interesting. I, May I? Yeah, because I... I, I have no clue. <laughs> All right. Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to uh, kind of like gingerly take the book and start kind of thumbing through it. Okay. Roll me an Arcana check. Uh, oh, that good. is going to be a 28. Okay. There's not a lot of spells in here. It is not a comprehensive book by far. But what you find in here, uh, you can fairly easily pick out enough of each of the spells. You You see the same thing that... Bernie did, which is, it's very obvious these are two different hands. Most of these are, I'm going to say about 75% of the book is one handwriting and the other 25 is another. And as you are reading through the book, you can see there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. There are 16 different spells in here, which is not a lot in your experience. Like your spell book has dozens i would like to say maybe <laughs> hang on it's, me... it's definitely got more than this but it's got especially since uh as you thumb through it you see that some of these are very powerful spells yeah jonathan the Medge muscular knows 40 so yeah it is a little light it's a little light especially for some of the spells that are in here like usually that you would think with this few spells this would be an acolyte's spell book this would be a beginner's spell book you see how curious are you Bernie's very curious, by the way. She's like, what's in there? Yeah, Jonathan the Magimuscular has actually, I don't think, ever interacted with another wizard spellbook. So, like, this is this is treasure to him. So Not on air. You haven't. Yeah. I'm going to say you immediately go to the back of the spellbook. Or to oh, the yeah, last yeah. Spells, because you know that, in general, the way wizards like to organize is front to back. And so the more powerful spells are going to be at the back. Let's do this manga style. I need an investigation check. All right. Uh, 15. Awesome. You find the ordering of the book and you start to, it's going to take time and study if you wanted to ever transfer any of these spells to your spell book. You cannot use this spell book yourself to cast spells, but you do know how to transfer from one book to another and you can read enough to be able to figure out what spells are in here. And you do see that the most powerful spell that is in here is a 7th level spell, Finger of Death. And going backwards, you can see that there is a Circle of Death, Soul Cage. I'm going to give you, I'm going to write this all down for you. I'm not going to rattle them all off. I will, I will give you. But already we're, we're off to a very dubious start. Well, for, for role playing sake, yes, you've got Finger of Death, Soul Cage, Dance Macabre. Summon greater demon, animate dead, ray of sickness, and you have this sinking sensation as you realize this book is filled with necromancy. Jonathan the Magimuscular kind of like, he kind of takes in air through his teeth and it's like, Bernie, this is a really bad book. Oh, I man like it's it look at it it just it's really evil and jonathan the magimuscular kind of like shuts it and and it's just kind of like i'm and jonathan i need yeah. you right now to roll another history check okay natural 20 that's the 30 total we will all drink to that 
Yeah, this wasn't just Veng's book. This was Evelyn's book. You recognize some of this. You rec you recognize enough of it. You remember enough of it. You remember what she did. This is a book of necromancy. And as you're holding it in your hands of powerful, powerful spells, we'll pause there. And the next time we get together, we'll pick this right up and you can decide what you're going to do with Finger of Death. But first, let me give you some experience. Finger of Death has been sitting on Bernie's floor for weeks. I've been waiting, waiting oh, to see. Does Jonathan the Magimuscular embrace dark power for good? Because this always works out. I know. I've been waiting to tempt you with this forever. Okay. But first, let me give you some experience for leaving the slug at the fist of cheer, which will not have any consequences whatsoever for <laughs> Cleo. Nope. For, for Cleo offering you some options and deciding to take from them the anti-scry. And so you'll find out what that is about later. For this is going to get weird. <laughs> for Modron hats, for masks, and for finally getting to the point in where we found the book that Travancore laid as a future plot point oh so many weeks ago. I'm going to give you a total of 7,600 experience to split between the four of you. When we get together next time, we will continue the discussion about what to do with this book. You will get a long rest, and it will be the next morning. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash dungeondrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our Artifact and Wondrous Tier patrons. Thank you Megan, Linnea Boyev, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.